put y'all together. Y'all are like a mega force. Y'all just took over every... This Chris Brown, I've officially joined the Breakfast Club. Say something, mother... I'm with it. The world's most dangerous morning show. Breakfast Club, bitches. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlamagne the God. Good morning. What's today? Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. What's happening? Hey, salute to everybody who came out to the Foot Locker on 34th Street in Times Square yesterday. I was out there. I did a one-on-one interview with the founders of FUBU. Okay. One-on-four. Because it's four of them. Four of them. Okay. Yeah, they got the uh, new Puma uh, Puma co- uh, collaboration. Okay. So they got this, this, I think it's called the Puma Suede 50. They also have a FUBU mobile store in Brooklyn. That's what they, that's what they were saying it's yesterday. It's actually right next to Mango Seed and Zerai Lee, which is where I always go eat. I see that um, picture all the time, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it really yeah, exists. Yeah, it's right next door. And they really? said that they're okay. opening up a, a FUBU hotel. You can't tell me you wouldn't stay in a For Us By Us hotel. Absolutely. That would be phenomenal. That's still that one of the dope. greatest acronyms ever. Absolutely. And it means a lot in this era. So salute to the founders of FUBU. Drop on the clues bomb for them, damn it. Well, sh- shout to little Logan. Yesterday he had a couple of uh, basketball games. And for the last, like, six months, he wasn't playing ball like himself. I don't know what it was. I don't know what was on his mind. He had to shake it off. But he's back looking like him. He dropped 30 yesterday. I wasn't mad at him, boy. That boy's back to balling. So shout to little Logan. And I finished El Chapo. Oh, yeah. I finished El Chapo. El Chapo's an amazing show. I, I know you guys don't watch it, but you got to watch El Chapo one time. It's pretty nah, good. I'm cool on it. Nah, it's really good. I tried to watch the first season. No, I tried to watch some of the, what was it? You know, I'm thinking of Pablo. Narcos? Hey, Narcos. Man, you thinking Narcos? Yeah, I'm like, All drug dealers look alike to me, man. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't help it. All don't drug have dealers the drug look dealers alike upset to me. with you with saying that, please. <laughs> the drug dealers going to be outside <laughs> protesting <laughs> me with signs. They're going to be online asking to get me canceled. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, right. yesterday I was at the juice bar. We actually just put a library there, which is exciting to me. I got a nice bookshelf. So I've been trying to fill up the bookshelf with all kinds of books and things for people to read. So I was over there yesterday spending the day at our other little side hustle. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of a books, somebody will be here promoting a book today. That's right. Layla Ali will be joining us. Yes, yes that, that is royalty to me. That is the daughter of Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give a round of applause. We say Layla Ali. Yeah, yeah. right, bro. What's wrong with you? Show some respect. So we'll kick it with Layla Ali in a little bit. And then uh, shoot your shot. We, we haven't done that in the new year, have we? Nope. Nope. So we're going to uh, set somebody up for shoot your shot. If you don't know what shoot your shot is, that's if you see somebody that you want to holler at. Maybe somebody, maybe one of your coworkers, maybe somebody you've seen on the train or bus, and you want to holler at them. We'll help you do that. We'll put you live it's on the air. It's kind of a safe space. Let you do it. It's a safe space. You know, we live in the whole Me Too, Time's Up uh, uh, moment, and, you know, people don't really know how to talk to each other anymore, especially men when it comes to women. So we kind of create a safe space for a man to safely holler at a woman. Okay. Right? All right. So we'll do that as well. All right. Let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, the shutdown is over. We'll tell you what happened after this three-day deadlock and what's coming for the future. Okay. We'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Never been a sport. Pull up. Jumping, not the court. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Hey. All right, well, let's get in some front page news. Now, is the government still shut down, Yee? No, they have actually signed a bill ending that shutdown for now. And that is going to be funds until February 8th. So they have until February 8th to figure out what's going to happen in the future. Of course, one of the big issues is what's going to happen with the Dreamers who are here in this country. So they have to figure out a fix for DACA. Listen, man, they might as well let this ride out till March, all right? Don't be interrupting Black History Month with y'all little government shutdowns and stuff. We got a lot going on next month. We got but Black Panther really movie coming out. it's really important for people who aren't sure if they're going to be able to stay in this country or not. Families being torn apart. Mm-hmm. It's a huge deal to make sure that we can fix whatever needs to be fixed to make sure they can stay in this country. So that's what the government shutdown is about? Well, Democrats want to fix to what's happening with DACA, and the Republicans have no solution for that, and so right now it's in limbo, because what's keeping them, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, is going to expire in March, and they haven't come up with a solution. Oh, so the government is shut down because they haven't come up with a solution uh, about what to do with the Dreamers? That's what the Democrats want them to come up with that, so the reason why they haven't voted to keep to get the funding going is because they want the Republicans to come to the table and say, all right, we're going to fix this, we're going to do this. It's kind of a bartering. All too complicated for me. All right, well, let's talk about this Hawaii governor. How'd he mess up? 
the Hawaii governor actually. Uh, did you guys see what happened when they were saying that uh, there, there was, was a missile a coming? Missile. Yes. Yeah. It was a false emergency missile alert that people got on their cell phones. Now, the governor, the problem was he couldn't access his Twitter account because he was locked out and didn't know his password. So the reason why he couldn't inform the public that they would not die in that ballistic missile attack was because, you know, he forgot his password. Something we all do. Yeah, right? I've been there before, but I ain't the governor where I got to tell people chill out, though. You don't have to tell people there's no missile attack. And I call it my assistant be like, what's my password again? But I ain't had to tell him that, that there was no missile he coming. He probably had to send it his, to his email a new password and reset. and. Yo, I don't see the problem with this. I keep telling y'all that some war of the world, some Austin Wells war of the world type of stuff is going to happen because everything is at the touch of a button. All it takes is one false alarm like that to cause absolute panic. And then I can't get on Twitter to let people know there was a false alarm. Come on, alarm. man. Come That's on, man. <laughs> All right. You want to do this uh, fake news story? Uh, well, what I was going to talk about was TB- TBS and CNN. Mm-hmm. According to a black employee there, Wanda Bird, she says she's worked there for 13 years. She says she's a mid-level manager, but she said she was passed over for a promotion to a senior-level position, and that job went to a less skilled and qualified white man. She's saying that black people have to work three times as hard to get ahead at TBS and CNN, and she also is saying that nobody of color has the title of senior VP or higher. So they are actually promoted at a significantly lower rate than the white people that work there. And also most black employees in certain divisions are less powerful and have non-revenue generating jobs. So she said she's not only suing for herself, she wants to make this a class action suit to make sure that other people benefit from this. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that's front page news. Now get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you're pissed off. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning. Or if you just want to tell them why you're blessed, hit us up right now. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Pick up the mother, mother phone and dial. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So you better have the same energy. Yeah. Hello, who's this? Yeah, what up? Get it off your chest, bro. I want to know where this term African Latino comes from. You said what? I've Afro- never heard Afro Latina. I've never heard it before in my life. You know the crazy part where about this? I was I didn't understand it either about Afro Latina. I thought it was when I first heard it. I thought it was African American and a Latino. That's what I really thought it was. I did too. And then when you ask somebody, they seem like you should know, and they get upset when you ask questions about it. So, bro, I don't know. Do you but know? We, we did have Dasha Polanco up here who explained it before, prior to this. Yeah, I mean it's a lot Last of different conversations. I did a, I did a whole podcast with uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Marco and um. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. Vanessa Marco and uh, another young lady, I think Mara, and, and they explained it as well. So yeah, so it. it's been explained up here. So explain yeah. it. No one walks around calling themselves that. Oh, by the way, I talked to Laz Alonzo yesterday. They said he says he hates that term because he says he just likes no. to be referred to as black, which it also confuses me, but I'll let him explain that when he comes up here. There's no one in the face of God who walks around and claims that as that, that, that's what they are. No one calls themselves that. They well, apparently some people do. I'm Latina. I'm so, Latina. Marilyn Negris is she of is, African descent, but she's Latina. She's Latin. The moral, she's of the, story is, the, the moral of the story is everybody don't know everything. Exactly. And that's why we sit around and we have conversations. We try to educate each other, period. That's like as simple as that. I don't know why people act like it's so crazy that for someone to say I've never heard the term Afro-Latino. Well, we've definitely it heard it up here because we've I, discussed I it up here. It. Even though somebody, I, I still don't understand it to this day, I'm still a little bit confused by it because everybody has a different explanation. Everybody feels a different way no, about you're, it. No, you're of African descent, but you're Latino. So she's a Latina from the Dominican Republic, but her ancestors came over from Africa, just like we have ancestors that came here from Africa. I thought it was the dark-skinned Latinos who called themselves no, Afro-Latino. Not. See, he still doesn't you understand. Sure? Yeah. Sure. Hello, who's this? <laughs> it is Derwood. Hey, what's up, man? Get it off your chest, bro. Hey, man, I'm black. I'm feeling good. And uh, I just want to spread some love to y'all, man. I like how y'all doing everything. Y'all, I listen to y'all every morning. Well, All right. thank, thank you for having no taste, sir. No, stop it, man. You got a baby on the way, too, they said? <laughs> Who's yeah, that? I got a baby on the they way. They said. August, man. Well, congratulations on that baby on the way, man. Is that going to be a little Leo baby? Uh, I don't know. I wish it was a Sagittarius. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. But, yeah. Well, have yeah, a good one. Make, make sure your, your, hey, your baby wonder, moms I'm and your girl is okay. Have, like, a live show. Can y'all have a live show for us so we can come up there and meet y'all or something? We've done a lot of a live, live shows show. in different cities. Oh, I need to, I need to find out. I, I couldn't find none, you know? I need to come see you. Where you from? I'm from uh, Delaware. All right. Well, next, oh, we're not doing a show in Delaware yeah, anytime soon. <laughs> no, I mean, I could, I could drive up to New York or something. You know, it ain't a problem. All right. Next, we'll, we'll try to get a live, a live showing for you so that people could come out and meet us and, and 
do some stuff live in front of people. All right, I mean, because y'all, y'all got a lot of wisdom. I know Charlemagne got a lot of wisdom, you know. I kind of Man, got I don't know story. nothing. I'm going to keep, I don't know a goddamn thing. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up, wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? This is Brittany. Hey, good morning, Mama. Get it off your chest. Oh, I'm mad, and I want everyone to know, because yesterday I went into BMW to pick up my car because uh, all five series has recall. Mm-hmm. So when I go in, they sit in there, and they was like, oh, okay, what are you here for? I was like, I'm here to pick up my loaner car. So after I get there, the man was like, oh, all we have are uh, Enterprise cars in their Chevy. But the, the point that makes me so upset is that it was three Caucasian women walked in, and they was picking out the loaner cars that they want, whereas is he going to hand me a key to something as if I don't deserve it? And I'm here to tell them that just because someone is young and black doesn't necessarily mean that they're stupid. Not enough to call corporate on you and let them know this is how you're treating them. Well, you better do that. You better call corporate. You better send corporate an email. That used to happen to me back in the day when you go to the dealership and they'd be like, there's no more loaner cars and they give you like a little, the smallest Toyota they could possibly find. <laughs> yeah, that used to happen. Exactly. But I would raise sand and I would curse and kick and yell and then they usually give you your car, but definitely write a letter, send an email or corporate. Which reminds me, I'm having a really serious issue with my car. When I start my car, it all automatically goes into neutral sometimes. Like when I pull off, it just switches into neutral. Yeah, you better take that car. Right? I know, I'm going to take it in this week. All okay. right. I don't know what the hell y'all talking about this morning. Get You got rumors on the way, ye? Yes, let's talk about Bill Cosby. He's back to work. I'm going to tell you what it is that he just did. All right, we'll get into all that when we come back. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning to you guys. It's a happy, wonderful, glorious Tuesday. <laughs> if you don't shut your beige ass up, see that's the, don't go. Don't shut call me, your beige don't ass call, up. Don't call me beige. All, right, all cheerful on a don't, Tuesday don't morning for no goddamn Do not reason. Call me all right? beige. You better hush. Very passionate. You better, you better Do hush. Not call me beige. Envy, Envy yelled out a little while ago. I'm not black. I'm Jose. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I did not. Don't call me beige anymore. I'm, I'm not playing with Waffle you. Waffle-colored Negro. You know what? Let's get to the rumors. We're talking Nick Cannon. It's about time. <laughs> What's going on? Yo, yo. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is the Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Nick Cannon is paying his respect to the ladies, and he put out a three-song EP called Singing with Dream Girls. Nick Cannon? Yes. So, he actually picked some of his favorite songs from SZA, Kehlani, and her. And here is The Weeknd, sung by Nick Cannon. I am her man and her man and her man and her man too. I am her man and her man, hers and her man. Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Keep all my bitches satisfied. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. Uh, drop a fart on this, please. Fart. Fart all over it. Nick, stop. Fart all over this record, Nick. Stop, man. Stop, man. Nick, let the women shine, my brother. All right? We don't need you remixing that song. Turning them into struggle records. He really covered them. We don't need you covering their songs. Turning them into struggle records and calling them bitches on their I records, love Nick Cannon. Why did you say man. bitches? Exactly. Said, come on, man. The middle of the Time's Up Me why, Too movie. Why, 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 why Nick Cannon keep doing this? Why all Nick Cannon music on Wild and Out sound better than it do when he actually going to the studio and actually takes time making records? Right. Why'd you play that? Because <laughs> I thought it was interesting. <laughs> My Jesus goodness. Christ. And we're promoting Nick Cannon's new uh, three-song EP. Nobody wanted that. All right, Bill Cosby is doing some stand-up. Yesterday, he did a live comedy set, and he was in Philly alongside the Tony Williams Jazz Quartet. Now, most of what he said focused on him struggling with blindness, and he didn't really talk about his upcoming <laughs> trial or anything like that. Here is what yesterday sounded like. I have a daughter, very intelligent young lady. She said, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. <laughs> My wife, who loves me, that does not want me to walk into anything, says, why is it these grown people can't talk? I can understand if it was a baby. I understand, stop. Why are people laughing? Because I ain't hear nothing funny. Maybe the audio is just bad. 
but it didn't sound funny. Bill, it's not the audio. It's what really happened. Bill Cosby has no idea he was on that stage. Bill sounded like he drugged himself, and now he's incoherent, all right? Bill sound deaf, not blunt. Well, I don't know what happened at the rest, and I don't know who was there or mm-hmm. if it was a pop-up of him just showing up and performing, but he was back on stage. All right, and Top Dog Entertainment, CDE, have announced that they are doing a championship tour that's going to be with Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Scissors, Schoolboy Q, J-Rock, Sir, Lance oh, Skywalker, Absol, all of that. It all starts on May 4th. I actually got the picture. We had Sir up here who was signed to TDE of uh, his mom with Michael Jackson back in the day because uh, Sir's mom used to do backup for Michael Jackson. Right. We'll drop on a clues bomb for Top Dog Entertainment. That's going to be an that, amazing When you can show. keep it in the family like that, that y'all just dope. go out on the road and get that money, why not? You got two of the biggest artists in the game and Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Why not? That's going to be amazing. Go get all the money. Mm-hmm. Keep it in the family. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your Rumor Report. All right. When we come back, we have Layla Ali in the building. Mm-hmm. She's a boxing champion. She's also written a, a couple of books, so we'll kick it with she's her. She's the about daughter of royalty, black Muhammad royalty, Ali's Muhammad daughter. Ali. Okay? That's right. So we'll kick it with Layla. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Miss Layla Ali. What's up? Welcome. Thank you so much. She got a new book, Food for Life. And That's this is right. exciting for, for me because I'm actually always do my best to try to eat healthier. And cooking at home is really part of eating healthier, too. Definitely is. I've been cooking since I was like 9 or 10 years old. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, you went from boxing to cooking. It's like, no, actually, I went from cooking to boxing mm-hmm. and back to cooking. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really passionate about encouraging others to live a healthy lifestyle. And I just learned that you have a juice bar, which I think is amazing. Juices yes, for guys. life in Brooklyn. Yes, that's juices for life. Juices mm-hmm. for life. Look at that. Look how similar the names are mm-hmm. because, you know, people don't realize that the food that you put into your body actually turns into the cells that turn into the organs, your brain, your heart, all those things. But we don't think about food that way. Right. We just think about being hungry and getting our grub on. And that's why a lot of people are sick with chronic illnesses and diseases and they don't realize that we can actually take control of our health, especially in communities of color. You know, so what I try to do is take the recipes that I've been cooking for many, many years, perfected them, and then also just made them as nutritious as possible. So you got your greens, you got your gumbo, you got your fried chicken, but oven fried chicken. Gotcha. You know, so you're, you get all the flavor along with the nutrition. So, so you, you're supposed to eat to live, not live to eat. Exactly. And that's what they always but say. But we want to enjoy Muhammad. food. Right. So he says How to eat to uh, live. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, we want to be able to enjoy food, too. Right. Because I mean, come on. Food is like when you think about family, having good times. How many times do we go out and say, let's go have a meal together. Let's go Correct. break bread together. So it needs to be good as well. What did you learn first? Because you say you started cooking young. So what did you learn first? How to throw the right hook or how to cook? Uh, oh, well, ooh, that one's hard. No, probably cooking because I was younger. I was like nine or ten. I wasn't fighting at that point yet. Mm. Then I got a little older before I started doing my little street fighting and things and kind of went down <laughs> the, the wrong road. But, but cooking for me... Um, my mom didn't really cook a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. So mm-hmm. I love to eat. And when my parents were married, we had a cook. But then when my parents divorced, I had to divorce the cook the also. The cook was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, not Edith, come on, no more monkey bread and stewed chicken and greens. No, but, but, but even so, when you was with Pops? Yeah, no, no, no. He okay. had, yeah, yeah. Right. But I'm saying, but I live with my mom. Right. So I actually did a lot of cooking for myself. And the first things I did was, you know, eggs, spaghetti, things like that. I called my grandma a lot on the phone. My family's from Louisiana, Creole. So I thought, Grandma, how do you make gumbo? You know, she would tell me how to make the roux over the phone and all that. And I perfected it over the years. So. Your dad didn't <clears> want you to be a boxer either. You had to kind of sneak. Put it like this. I did it in secrecy to first find out if it's something that I actually could do. I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I liked to fight. But I didn't. I knew that, you know, there was a lot of weight carrying the last name mm-hmm. and there would be a lot of attention on me. I definitely didn't want to embarrass my family, myself, or my father. Mm-hmm. So I took the time to go to the gym and I was training and I lost about 30 pounds in the process. Um, and I was telling everybody, oh, I'm just working out. But I knew in my mind I really wanted to become a boxer. And then it got around once I got to sparring, dropped a couple guys in the gym. Um, it got around like, wait, hold up. Wait, what's she trying to do? Now, she has some punching power, too. So then then it, my dad came in town. I was like, so are you going to be boxing? I was like, yeah, dad. And then he tried to talk me out of it indirectly. He's like, what you going to do if you get knocked out? You know, the whole world's watching. What you going to do if this happens, if that happens? I was like, I'm going to handle it, dad. And then he finally told me what was really on his mind. He's like, it's not for women. It's too hard. I was mm. a baby girl. Right, right, right. And so I understand looking back, and I was like, you have a right to your opinion, dad, but this is what I'm going to do. So Was he, he at your first fight? He was my first fight. Yes, he was not my first fight. And it only lasted 54 seconds, and I was mad as heck. Why? You mad that you knocked him out? I was mad because after all that training, mm-hmm. you know, you want a you real fight. You want a real fight. And I was like, you know, my adrenaline was going, mm-hmm. and when you're, like, leading up to the fight, you're like, 
your butterflies in your stomach, not nervous, but butterflies, like you're ready to go. And then when you're in there, that adrenaline rush has happened. You love every moment of it. As soon as the fight's over, you're like, damn, I want to do it again. Then when you go back into training, you go, why do I put myself through this? It's like a cycle. Got you. So, yeah. Now, you mentioned street fighting. Why was you getting into street <laughs> fighting? <laughs> well, put it like this. I have a little bit of attitude about myself, mm-hmm. okay? I'm very confident. You know, kids can take that. Muhammad Ali's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always had the name brand stuff, all that. You know how people can be. They're going to look at you a certain way, act a certain way. And got I you. never back down from a fight. So I have sisters that never got in trouble. But me, I was like, what? What's your? What's the problem? So I was not afraid to get mm-hmm. down in, in the dirt, you know what I'm saying, and get back up, dust myself off. So I got in a few fights and got transferred to a few schools, had a little bit of a you know, and you were uh, a bad challenge. kid. I was bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. I, I like to say that I was bad. I, I ended up a juvenile hall at one point. Wow. Yeah, I ended up a juvenile hall three months. So the, not geez. not 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 just a little bit of time. That's for, a good, some real that's time. Good yeah, time. it Would wasn't you, just overnight. You broke somebody's jaw or something? Well, no. You know, just just being bad, not listening, not doing good in school. But I don't regret it because it actually helped turn me into the person that I am now. But I definitely people don't re- even with me being looking the way that I look, people thought, oh, you're just trying to do ex- you know live off your father's name or whatever. And I was like, I've been a fighter. Since y'all y'all just don't know, it's really in my heart to do. Like I love it. Like that's the one thing I love to do. So your kids so, are scared of you. They don't mess around. They know. No, 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 no. It's so funny because they, they, they. Oh, trust me. You just see my Sydney. She's like, I'm afraid she's gonna try to be a fighter. But no, they're not. I'm, I'm also. You know, I mean, I'm my wife. I'm a mom. I'm very loving to my family, my friends. I don't go around trying to beat people up. What did your parents say when you was in juvenile hall? Like, what did they say? Yeah, they were like, we hope you're gonna learn and listen <laughs> now. Yeah, it was good. My mom, of course, was hard for her to see. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's like, maybe now she's finally going to listen. You know, she's finally It's interesting because having a, a famous father had the reverse effect. It actually probably made things a little harder for you with people giving you a difficult time. Be having my father? Yeah. Um, You know, I don't, I don't, I don't complain about that because I don't know anything mm-hmm. different. So, I mean, having Muhammad Ali as a father has been just amazing. Just the, the pride that I have, having that same blood running through my veins and... Even with my boxing career, it was hard in the sense that I never had that period of of being able to really learn. I learned in the ring, like with the lights on, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And everybody fought me 10 times harder. You know, even though women's boxing was a certain level and 168 pounds, to be honest with you, that's not where most of the talent is just because there's just not a lot of girls there. Mm -hmm. But everyone I fought fought me 10 times harder because it was their moment. You know what I mean? So I had to be prepared. And I had trainers like Roger Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, Buddy McGirt, you know. So I had the best of the best. And then with the genes and the DNA, that's why I kind of retired from boxing at a certain point because I was just like, mm, there's really nothing left for me here and I've gone on to host shows. I host a show now, by the way, called Homemade Simple. On OWN Network. On OWN, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's fun. And, you know, now I'm getting to do some of the other things. I got that fight out of me, yeah. out, of my, out of my system. <laughs> now I can go back to decorating and cooking and, you know, I'm cooking recipes out of the book. So it's, it's amazing. So. This is interesting to me because I just assumed Muhammad Ali taught you how to throw them hands. You know what? Like he I didn't. Just, yeah. He didn't. And, you know, but what's crazy is is that when he finally, I mean, he supported me from the beginning. But when he finally came to me one time after a fight and said, I want to talk to you. And I was like, well, what is it? You know, he's real serious. And he almost had tears in his eyes. And he said, you know, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. He's like, women can fight. You mm-hmm. can fight. And then he was just like, you know, you, you move around like me. You jab. You got a jab like me. You know, not exactly like him. But I'm right, saying right. you see a lot of the similarities because we're built kind of the same mm-hmm. as our body structure and the quickness and all those things. So then it's kind of like I was like that. You know, he never had a boy mm-hmm. that was going to box. In fact, he never wanted any of us to. I'm the youngest of nine, and I'm the only boxer in the family, his last girl. But my father and I, I'm the one out of all the kids It was like, I don't want to be Muslim. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So we always kind of butt, butt heads together. But he has a certain tremendous amount of respect at the same time because I'm a chip off the old... Was it blocked? Yeah. Block, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that was difficult for him when you told him you didn't want to be raised Muslim. It was very difficult. So look at all that, he, that he'd been through. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I told him it's not in my heart to do. How did he, he had to respect that? that. It was hard. Were well, you the only one He's like, out of the nine know. kids that mm, said that? Yeah, pretty much. What was it? You loved ham that much? No. <laughs> what? But I didn't understand. But what I didn't understand, this is my water. But I, what I didn't understand, though, I was like, well, I'm going to go to hell if I eat pork. I was like, I just can't. I don't understand yeah. that. I can be a good person. So, you know, but, but again, you know, what what he was in his heart to do, he did. And what was in my heart to do, I did. So it was great. Yeah, we have more with Layla Ali. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody is DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Layla Ali in the building. Now, would you get back in the ring? Money right, Layla there at night. Yeah. <laughs> really? Here we you go. still training? You still train? I stay training. Got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, I got I got a little baby six-pack right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have a heavy bag hanging in my... You know, I just turned 40. 
Wow. Can you believe it? No. Amazing. I know. I just turned 40. I can't believe it either. And um, <laughs> But at the same time, because I think of my healthy lifestyle, the mm-hmm. fact that I train all the time, you know, I could pretty much do anything I wanted to. But, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anyone there for me right now that would actually give me a good challenge. How so. did you and your husband argue? Because you can't, you know, usually they say, <laughs> you can say something slick, but with you, you, might, you can't say that slickness. It's funny because my husband... Thank God, this husband, I'm on my second marriage, um, does not have a slick mouth. The first one did. He did yes. have a slick mouth. <laughs> okay. No, he don't have a slick mouth. Now, me, on the other hand, sometimes he's like, hold up now. you Because like, cause, I'm a little, I can get aggressive sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to things that I'm passionate about with mm-hmm. the kids. No, we're going to do this. He's like, hold up, you need to calm down. So, <laughs> I would have never, no, but the thing is, I would never have married a man that I felt like I could overpower right. or that would feel overpowered by me. My husband played football, so mm-hmm. he's an athlete. He's big. He's strong. So he's not intimidated that by me nothing. at all. Two pounds of pressure to that no, job. No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever, look, the times I do get mad because Curtis hardly ever gets me heated because mm-hmm. I get, I actually get hot. Like when, you know, you know, when you really get mad, you mm-hmm. get heated. And they could be joking with me and grab me. I'm like, babe, like when I'm mad, I'm like, don't do that. Because I don't even want to have that feeling not towards you. That hot. I don't want to get hot. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. even want to feel that way towards you. <laughs> did you ever, um, when, when your father first came to you and said he didn't want you to fight because you were a woman, did you think that was sexism or just a father looking out for his daughter? It's both with my dad. Mm-hmm. It was both. Um, he didn't feel, it was bo- both. It was just both. That's all I could say. So I had to prove to him two things. Not only as a woman could I do it. And I don't understand because we're taught to protect women, right? He knows now that I'm looking back and I think about all that my father went through with his career, you know, not going to war and mm-hmm. all those things, everything that he went through, right? That was all intertwined in me saying that I want to become a boxer. All mm-hmm. the blood and the sweat and everything that happens in the gym is all men. It's grimy in there. He didn't just want me around that. Mm-hmm. All the shady people you have to deal with in the business of boxing. Mm. So it's just like, you know, all of that kind of comes. And then and then this, just down to just, I don't want you, because he's Muslim, in a sports bra and shorts, bouncing around the ring. He'd be like, what, what if hit, they hit you in your breast? What you going to do? <laughs> you do stuff like that. Right, right, right. Women have babies. Like, that was his saying, like, see, you're not meant to fight. You're not meant to get I was like, yeah, but, Dad, we wear chest protection just like you wear a cup. I kind of cornered him, and that's mm-hmm. when he was just like, oh, I just don't want you to do it. Right. You retired. You was undefeated, right? Yep. Yes. 24-0, 21 knockouts. Why did they label you as the baddest woman on the planet the way they did, like, Rousey when she was running through people? You think it's because of different sports? Or? Uh, you might be able to think of a couple reasons for that. White and stuff like Possibly. that? Possibly. I think yeah. it's easier. I mean, I think it's kind of known now it's a little easier you know when you have a certain color skin but i mean you have to think like muhammad ali's daughter people call me pretty mm-hmm. you know say that i had everything that it take but i still wasn't able to get to a certain level mm-hmm. because of you know just for certain reasons so but i mean i'm not somebody who sits back and complains about things you know i think everything happens in due time you got clarissa shields now who yeah. was an Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. She's a young black girl, came out of Flint, Michigan, lived a hard life, went through a lot. She went to the Olympics, won twice. Women's boxing wasn't in the Olympics when I fought. Um, she actually fights at uh, the weight class I fought in. Mm-hmm. And she's doing great. I mean, you know, it's still not what I would have wanted. I would have wanted more because mm-hmm. I, I, I have a big picture in my mind. But for her, that's great. You know, and I think that women's boxing is, is getting some good attention. So it's wonderful. I remember you said the best in the world don't get beat. You, you still feel that way? No, no, no. I said that? Yeah, I thought in reference to Ronda Rousey. I think. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I might have said something similar to that, but um, you don't get beat the way she got beat. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha, I, gotcha. I, I would say that, um, you know, Ronda Rousey was a very good fighter. I never took anything away from her because she, she, did, she did, but she had some flaws and they just got, you know, but I would never, you know, to just get 100% taken advantage of in the ring and just look like a little rag doll in the ring, that would never happen. And then it happened again. Yeah. And then she just gave up. Yeah, I think it's hard when you've been in your mind, Mentally. you're the best ever, mm-hmm. and, and you really believe that, and you think that you're perfect, and then you find that you're not. People go through these deep depressions. I mean, George, it happened to George Foreman when my right. dad beat him. He went through a deep depression, and then he kind of went into hiding, and then he came out a whole different person. So they overcome some things. I've seen some people go through that. Not on the, No one saw it but me, but some of the girls I fought went through that because they believed all the hype. Oh, she's nothing. She's just Ali's daughter, and, you know, then they get beat by me. You know what I mean? And then they had to come come to some realizations mm-hmm. and things like that. But you can get beat. But it's who you get beat by and how you get beat. Muhammad Ali, he's the greatest of all time. He got beat. And But it's how he bounced back. He, yeah, and, yeah. And it was later in his career. He wasn't in his prime anymore. All those different types of things. So it's like you have to you have to look at it like that. Like people get beat by Floyd Mayweather. And people go, well, it's Floyd Mayweather, right? What do you think of Floyd? I know you mentioned your dad's the greatest of all time. Some people say Floyd is. What do you think about Floyd? In Floyd says... He's the best ever, mm-hmm. and he is a very good boxer, and I can see why he would think that about himself, and I think you should think that about yourself. Right. When you think about Muhammad Ali, though, we're talking about the greatest of all time. First of all, a lot of people call themselves the GOAT. 
I know one thing. My father would have never came behind anyone else and called himself the GOAT. He was the original GOAT. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he made up that term, and he lived it inside and outside of the ring. So I think that that's why some people are like, how could you, you know, but Floyd talking about just boxing, you know, that comes down to just in a matter of opinion, you know, because Floyd technically can do some really cool things in the ring, but he learned a lot of that. He may not realize from Muhammad Ali, who was faster than Floyd at a heavyweight. Yep. That's what's crazy. My dad was a heavyweight doing the things that he was doing before anybody was doing it. So it, it really doesn't matter to me because I really don't get into that conversation when it comes to boxing because it's a matter of opinion. You think that person's mm-hmm. best, you think that person's best. Well, who cares? I always said I want to be the best in my weight class. Right. You know, I never was like, I'm the number one boxer mm-hmm. female ever. But I'll tell you what, ain't nobody ever going to whoop me. I can say that. Right. Call it what you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what you want to, Charlamagne. <laughs> How does it make you feel that, that America celebrates your father so much now, but when he was alive, he was public enemy number one? At one time, right? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I, I understand why. I understand, as we all know, the history of this country. And when he was at his prime talking, you know, and uplifting people, making African-American people love themselves and actually could would change the world, then he was more of a threat. Then when he got sick, he was quiet. People felt like he was no longer a threat. Then it was like they loved Muhammad Ali. So... You know, but he was a controversial person at one time, and he grew and he changed. A certain, you know, even within himself, with through his religion and what he would say about certain people. And then he ended up loving all people, you know, and feeling that all people were equal because he went around the world and touched people and met people of all different religions and colors and saw how we were all connected. So my father was almost like like an angel. Like I'm telling you, the energy. Have you ever have you ever met him? And been around? Unfortunately, no. You didn't. No. Oh, I met him one time, but it was way later. It was at a Russell Simmons event when he had oh, his okay. philanthropic mm-hmm. um, event that he did every year for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So many people. I mean, obviously, people every day mention my dad and tell me the stories. And I I still am amazed at how many people he's actually met. Like people are like I met him at the airport. Mm-hmm. He picked me up when I was a kid. He this and mm-hmm. as a kid, we used to roll around in this Rolls Royce, all of us. We go down the uh, Wilshire Boulevard, and give out LA. Money. He'd give out money. Yeah. You know, he'd shake hands. He'd be there for two and three. It was annoying as a kid. We'd be <laughs> there for two and three hours everywhere we went. But he loved people, and that's one thing. I and my dad, which I love about him, is that he was so. Even though he was confident and brash and all those things, he was a humble person. He right. loved people. He never acted like he was better than anybody else and try to floss his money in people's face and say, I got this and I got these clothes and I'm better than you. So that's what trips me out now about people when they make it, when they try Mm -hmm. to look down upon other people. That's what irritates Mm -hmm. me. More with Layla Ali when we come back. Here's Notorious B.I.G. is Big Papa. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Layla Ali in the building. Charlamagne? I read that he used to interview you and your sisters. Oh, yeah. What would he ask y'all? Oh, my God. He'd ask us all kinds of stuff. Just the things parents ask their kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, just different little questions. And he would, um, he kept tapes. He would record us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister has them. My sister, Hannah, she gets her hands on everything. So Hannah has the tapes. But just listening to him and what's what's a real treat for me is not listening to myself, Mm -hmm. but listening to my dad when he was talking. You know, because as I got old enough to really ask him the questions that I would want to ask him, mm-hmm. he couldn't really speak clearly anymore. Mm. So that was the thing, you know. So, but um, you could always see, communicate with him through his eyes. Gotcha. So, but yeah, that's that was. Was he trying to prepare you for what was to come? Maybe. Uh, probably. You know, probably. I mean, he taught he even not through the video. I mean, through the recordings, he was always preparing us for what to come. My dad sat us down, and we had so many lectures. Mm-hmm. That's all he used to do mm-hmm. is talk to us about religion. Talk to us about what's going on in the world. Talk to us about, you know, um, teach, teaching us how the world was going to be unfair to us. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of black parents have to have that Absolutely. conversation with their kids. I'm thinking about now, when am I going to have this conversation with kids? my kids? Six and nine. Mm-hmm. But they're starting to know the difference between color now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, especially with President Trump and all these different things that are going on. And they're just like, huh? And now I have to start explaining to them, you know, but without them feeling less than because I believe. That when you learn about slavery and all those things in school, as a kid, sometimes it it gives you an inferiority because you don't understand. It's like they have more than me. You know, you must be better. You know, all this thing. But why were we treated? So you have to try to figure out a way to teach them because you can't not teach them because it's going to hit them in the face at some point. Mm -hmm. But without giving them that complex. You know, my daughter said to me the other day, we were going to sleep. And she said, Mom, you know, I wish my skin was this color. And she pointed to the light side of her Whoa. hand, the underside of her hand. I said, and that's when I was just like, oh, wow. damn, like body blow, six, year, six okay. years old. And I was like, well, why? You know, and she's like, well, because I feel like, you know, Jesus's skin was that color. Oh, and, God. you know, all these different things. Right. So I was just like, OK, that lie. 
So I was just like, you know, it's just, it's like, what do you say? You know, so I, I know what I said, but I'm just saying it starts so young. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just one more thing. So my dad, to answer your question, I think definitely instilled that in us at a young age. Mm-hmm. So we, we are very aware. But I, in my life, try to be very inclusive of everybody because the more I think we separate ourselves and define, like, I don't go around saying I'm a black woman. And I'm this and I'm that because I feel like you can see that I'm a black woman. You can see that I'm confident. You can see that I'm powerful. You can see that I can do anything that I want to do. And I have, you know, people who appreciate me of all shades and colors. So that's what I want to see us start looking at more of the ways that we're alike than we are different. But at the same time, you got to keep your eyes open and woke and be, you know, realistic about mm-hmm. the way the world is. How old were you when he first told you that the white man was the devil? Oh, my God. He actually didn't tell <laughs> us that at that age, but he did used to tell us. Because I don't remember timing wise if he had because he changed that he was he used mm-hmm. to think that but he said you know how come everything good is white and everything bad is black mm-hmm. you know like angel food cake you know and devil's food cake mm-hmm. right. you know and then he kind of do the comparisons the snow is white and this is this, this, this. And we were like oh yeah like, you got some deep conversations right, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm like I'm only seven or eight yeah it's so funny if your daughter yeah. went into box would you be supportive of that. I would definitely try to um, do what my dad did, probably, and encourage her to do other things, you know, but I would support her because I understand that that's what you got to do. Your kids are going to, you know, they don't don't belong to us. They just come through us. And um, just like I did with my mom, you know, she was always very supportive of me, but she tells me now that her heart dropped. She's like, oh, God, not again. You know, because sitting on, it's hardest for the people who love and care about you sitting on the side watching. So she's seen it with your dad and yeah, she, oh my god yeah with people that you love and it was I think it was even harder for him because he was going in there against heavyweights and you could you know one punch can kill you and I was always the stronger one in my fights but um yeah I, I, I Sydney has a lot of fight in her though my son I'm not really worried about because he just doesn't seem like he has that temperament mm-hmm. but you never that'd know that'd be the one that'd be the one oh, to turn god, that corner. I know I'm scared what if now he wants to play football he's talking about that now I had never had to deal with it, but now he's like daddy I want to play football and I'm like oh man because <laughs> I was going to let him you know I was like he doesn't want to play football so I'm talking about football but now all of a sudden he's like can we go throw the ball can we do that he's playing football that's school? where it starts I'm like, he's a big, strong boy, too. My mm-hmm. son is nine. He's 110 pounds. Whoa. He's already wearing size 14. That's oh, my gosh. He's about five feet. We're big people. I'm, I weigh 200 pounds. No, you don't. I swear to God. No way. I weigh 200 pounds. Right now? Right now, today, 198. <laughs> wow. Jeez. 200 pounds. Because I'm tall. I'm 5'11". I got big hands. Have you noticed? Look yes. how big my hands are. I got big feet. I got big feet. I got a big head. I'm I'm a she big, a big I do, head. I bet it fits my body. Mm-hmm. But like we took a picture side by side, I bet my head's bigger than yours. Um, All of you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying <laughs> I'm proud before. of these things. I took a picture with you at Dr. Oz. Yeah, I know, yeah. but I'm saying, look at it. Watch my eyes. I'm like, damn her head. Oh, it you look like Shaq and Kevin Hart. <laughs> you better watch your mouth. You better watch your I mean in a good way. Okay, no, but I'm just saying I I'm I'm proud of my size. It's how God made me, you know, and it all made sense when I got in that ring. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying we're physically big people. I look smaller than I than I, I believe actually. A nine year old is bigger than Charlemagne. Okay, not bigger than me. So my, I relax. It was a joke. They say this is crazy. crazy. Same size. My daughter Sydney's pretty pretty big too. <laughs> Let me ask you this: They always tell men before they fight, right? You can't have sex for a certain amount of time. <laughs> Do they tell women that also? That's just kind of like a a thing in boxing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's more. I, I would say for me, it would be more mental. You know what I mean? You don't want to have those kind of feelings. Like, I'm in straight-up fight mode. Like, you can imagine if you knew mm-hmm. you were going to fight somebody on a certain day at a certain time. You know who it is. You know you know this is going to happen. It's not like a street fight. So you want to be, like, in real beast mode. So I'm talking about when it comes to, was it going to kill me if I had a, some ice cream before the fight? No. But mentally, I'm going to feel like I didn't do everything that I need to do because my confidence came from preparation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't is even want Is that what you wanna... call sex? Ice cream? No. No, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to... 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 No, 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 no. Okay, so no, I would not have sex. I've been going to ice cream. I don't even want sex. I'm talking about when it comes to fighting. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have, you don't want to be in that feminine mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want to fuck somebody up mode. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How long did you train for? How long did you train for? Like 10 weeks before a fight. But no, no, not, you're not going to go that long now. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about maybe like two weeks leading up to the fight. That's when you you would just be like, I'm not really feeling it. Well, we appreciate you for joining us. Layla, Food for life. Yep. And thank you for stopping by. Yes, and get I'm the detox. I'm going to these recipes this weekend. They can do my detox and come get your drinks. Mm-hmm. How do you get the detox? You buy the book? And it, well, you, you can free. go to LeilaLeeFreeDetox.com okay. and all the information is there. And it's on all of my profiles on, on 
social media and everything. And that's the only way you can get the detox. So it's not in the book. You got to okay. get the book and then you can download the detox for free. And it's all on that that link I said. Later and when on. does the show come on? Uh, the Simple. show Homemade Simple comes on every Saturday at 9 a.m. And also it re-airs again on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday at 1. Word. On Sundays. Yep. All so right. twice. All right. <laughs> it's The Breakfast Club. It's Layla Ali. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Amara La Negra. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, yesterday, Amala La Negra from Love & Hip Hop was on The Breakfast Club. And a lot of things happened after this interview. She discussed, in particular, being an Afro-Latina who's of a darker complexion and how difficult it's been for her in this business. Here is some of what she had to say. The struggle is very similar. Obviously, they'll always pick the lighter, you know. They'll always pick the ones that look, like I said before, like J-Lo's and Shakira's and stuff before they look at us. Who cares if you're talented? Who cares if you're educated? You know, you're always going to be the last option. And that's that just... So it's just a symbol of beauty. I don't, I don't is, see that. Like, I guess I'm uptown a lot. I'm in New York. But I you mean, don't see it where? I don't even see it I in mean, Hollywood no more. I feel like times have changed a lot. Uh, okay, but the same thing I, I go back to. For the most part, I'm coming from the Latin market into the American. American, mm-hmm. and this is the struggles that we have. Right, you can say you, sure you don't... not in your mind? We it's not, not because, it's not because yeah, you can... That's love and hip-hop. That's a storyline. And who the f*** is but young it's, Hollywood? But it's a true... Like, but it's a true... Yeah, but it's a true storyline. Like, it's not even... We didn't have to fake it because it's the truth. All right. Well, after that, Laz and Charlemagne had a, a conversation on social media. Well, we actually had a conversation on the phone, but... It started well, on this is what media. we saw. You my guy. This is Laz, Laz Alonzo. You my guy. But to question colorism in Latin America because Cardi B made it is like questioning it in America because Will Smith did. The problem exists. Turn on Telemundo, Univision, or look for any black women, Latin female artists on any Latin awards. You won't find them. The problem is worse in Latin America than it is here. Oh, by the way, Laz Alonzo called me yesterday to say my bad because he only saw the 60 second clip. And then once he saw the whole interview, he called me to have a, a conversation about the whole the whole thing. Because I did not say anything about Car- I did not use Cardi B to dismiss colorism in Latin America. Do you know how crazy that sounds? Well, here is <laughs> what you said about Cardi B with Amara La Negra. And even with what happened now, being able to use my voice to actually make a change. And just in case y'all didn't know, this is happening to us over here. Because mm-hmm. people focus on what's happening in this part of the world, but kind of forget that over here... There's more people. And it's great for all the little girls that can look up to you. Because who did you look up to when you were a little girl? When I was little, I used to look up to Celia Cruz. She was the only Afro-Latina that made it, like, worldwide. She Mm. was, like, our Michael Jackson. The new generation that's coming up doesn't have anybody. So I just feel like it's my place to make that difference. To tell you, you know what? Don't ever feel as if you need to change who you are or the way that you look in order to succeed. That clip clip had nothing to do with Cardi B. More on Cardi B, the next one. Here it is. Well, what is Cardi B? Cardi B is Dominican, and I think she's Guyanese mixed with or something. Or, or something. She's, she's mixed Indian. with something so else. I need to explain her. Cardi teeth was messed up. She came from the script club. She yes, so called ratchet and ghetto as hell. And now she's America's darling. America's darling. But she was our darling before America. So it's like well, okay. The, so at the end of the like day, Cardi, we like her. Like yes, just like but I think people like she me. popped up in the American, not the Latin market. You guys, and now the Latin market is accepting her. She's lighter than you too. I think the confusion with that right there was the simple fact that we were discussing the entertainment industry and she was discussing Afro-Latino. I didn't know she was talking about dark-skinned Afro-Latinos in that moment. I thought she was just talking about Afro-Latinos prospering in the industry, period. That's why I said Cardi B. Well, the thing that, that bothers me about the, the whole thing is I was, I was listening to people sometimes and when we were asking a question, people were like, oh, how, how could you ask her that? Because I really don't know. I don't watch... Telemundo. I don't watch Univision. But you're, I don't, I, I, but you're Spanish. Don't you start that. I, no, listen. <laughs> I am not. But, and that's another thing. I'm, I'm not, not Spanish. Black, I'm Jose. Don't listen to Charlemagne. Charlemagne jokes and says I'm Latino. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Dominican. I'm everything. I'm Cuban. No, I, I am not. I'm actually I'm all black. I'm never accused of being Cuban. I'm accused but of being back to the rumor. Back to the rumor. Back to the rumor. Back to the rumor report. <laughs> Cardi B's sister obviously uh, posted a message. Sky. I like her. She's obviously beautiful. This is the same message my sister's been trying to spread for a while, but it doesn't count because she's not so dark. So what I don't like is that they asked her 
if she feels that Cardi made it because she's lighter skinned and she made a face basically insinuating yes. People F with Cardi because of who she is, not because she's light skinned. I think that's what Charlamagne was trying to say. A girl from her same country with the same hair and braids from the hood that had to become a stripper because it was hard for her to find a job because of her hair and color. People like her because she doesn't sugarcoat. That's why people like her, not because she's light-skinned. Listen, man, uh, I don't care if y'all mad. Uh, if I don't understand something, I'm going to ask questions, period. Absolutely. And not once did we dismiss colorism or dismiss our struggle. I was just trying to understand what the struggle is. And the only thing I pushed back on was colorism in the entertainment industry because I see women of color of all shades popping right now, especially over the past year. That's it. Right, and she was discussing her own personal experiences or auditioning for things and being told she could play the role yes. of a prostitute. And it, got and, all, and, it, and it was a conversation. All those issues got conflated, and it, I don't know. But all right, God well, bless Amara. Hopefully this is a learning experience for everyone, and everybody's learning what the term Afro-Latina means. And I'm trying, but I'm dumb, okay? I didn't graduate. I didn't go to college. I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. All right. All right. All right. Tell yes, me. now, Mr. M- my Afro-Latino uh, co-host, could you please... Set me up, please. I'm not, I'm not Afro Latino. Oh, uh, you were yesterday when you was taking that heat. <laughs> all right. I know I was all types of things. They call me you. I, I was like I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm I'm black. Like my Jose, tell me, set me up, please. I can't even make fun of you because if I call you something black, then you, I get in trouble. Why you want to call me something? Because you always call me light skin no, and I don't. khaki color. I don't. I call you beige. I, I, I take it offensive. Or well, whatever, you beige bitch. Set See? me up, please. Wow. You black. You, hold, you know hold on, hold on. Y'all stop. That's enough. You guys are taking it too far. You called him a beige bitch. That's my name he for you, He just called me Charlene. black and you said nothing. You are black. <laughs> you know what? You know I'm what not messing right, with you. I'm not messing with you. You know what? Everybody <laughs> stop. Why'd you have to repeat black, uh, beige bitch? You didn't have to repeat that. Like, you wanted to get that off. Salute to Nori, man. Nori just texted me and said, I'm Latino. What does that mean? Wait, what's up, man? Who are you giving your donkey to? A Hawaiian. What did Nori t- text that to you? I want Hawaii to come to the front of the congregation, goddammit. A Hawaiian about to get this work. Nori this texted morning. me too and said, uh, I'm Latino. What is wrong? You know what, man? Is he Donkey of the day's up next. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Donkey of the day's next. Get donkey of the day. Yeah, you. Dumb ass, you get donkey of the day. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. I'm a fat and all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Yes, donkey today for Tuesday, January 23rd goes to the governor of Hawaii, Governor David Ige. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, Hawaiians and tourists in Hawaii thought they were going to die. All right, the reason they thought they was going to die was because emergency alerts went off all through the island. Now, you know how you be sitting around sometime and your phone give you an Amber Rose alert or a flood warning alert, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Imagine minding your business in Hawaii and you get a text message that reads, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Well, that's what happened. But by the good graces of God, it was a false alarm. And Governor David Ige explained to the people what happened. Let's hear it. Early this morning, an error was made and a false alarm was sent to cell phones and to TV and radio. We investigated and as soon as we became aware that it was an error, we uh, took action to uh, send the notification that it was a false alarm. Uh, An error was made in um, emergency management. Uh, It was uh, a procedure that occurs at the change of shift where they go through to make sure that um, the system is working and uh, an employee pushed the wrong button. He pushed the wrong button. I am telling you that one day soon we are all going to find ourselves in an Orson Welles War of the Worlds situation. Kids, if you don't know what Orson Welles War of the Worlds is, then do your Googles. Siri is your friend. Ask her, but I'll give you a quick summary. It was a radio drama, a story told on a radio show in the form of a news bulletin, and it started off with the reports of an explosion on Mars, then an unusual object falling on the ground somewhere in Jersey, and then Martians emerging from the objects, and an alien invasion happened here in America. Now, in the days following the War of the Worlds, widespread outrage happened the same way y'all get fake outrage now over things on social media. It was just like that, because a lot of people didn't realize that it was a radio bit. Now, It was 1938 when this happened, okay? And radio was everything, sort of like social media is everything now for all you digital D-heads. But in the era we live in where leaders of the free world are all over social media and other political figures are all over social media, all it takes is one good hacking. 
of someone's account to post something that could send the world into a frenzy. Think about the anxiety attacks, possible heart attacks, possible suicides that possibly could have happened in Hawaii because someone hit the wrong button. Imagine me having a heart attack and dying because you hit the wrong button, okay? A lot of things <laughs> a lot of things you can hit the wrong button on. You can hit the wrong button on your phone. You can hit the wrong button on the elevator, but you can't hit the wrong button for the emergency alert that tells you that a ballistic missile threat is inbound. You don't get in heaven making mistakes like that. But it's more to the story. Governor David Ige made another confession to the Honolulu, Honolulu Star advertiser. See, I know they sent out an emergency alert clearing up the mistake and telling people there is no missile threat or danger to the state of Hawaii, repeat false alarm. But in a time like that, I want to hear more from my leader. All right, Governor David E. Gay, okay? I want you to hold a press conference and make a statement, which he did, which I expected. But Governor David E. Gay made a confession. See, the governor of Hawaii wanted to inform the public that they would not die in a ballistic missile attack. But he says he forgot his Twitter password. Governor David E. Gay said, and I quote, that I have to confess that I don't know my Twitter account logons and the passwords. So certainly that's one of the changes that I've made. I've been putting that on my phone so that we can access the social media directly. Personally, I don't want any presidents, governors, mayors, any of those type of people on social media. The room for error is too high. You know how we complain about fights breaking out or shootouts breaking out or random acts of violence happening, and instead of people calling 911, they pull their phone out to record? That's how I feel about this situation. If it's an emergency, I don't want my leaders in government running the social media. Why? Because I don't know if I can believe everything I see on social media. And just like you can cause widespread panic with one false social media post, you can also cause me to not take an emergency serious because it's on social media. By the time I determine if this post is real or not, I may be dead. So all leaders in government, please don't go chasing tweets and Instagram posts. Stick to the press conferences and the state of the unions that you're used to. Please give Governor David E. Gay the biggest hee-haw, please. He could have kept that to himself. All right. Nobody needed to know that, you know, your first thought once you found out that the ballistic missile threat wasn't real was to run the, the Twitter and tell everybody. That, no. By the way, conference. I forget my passwords all the time. All the time. If it wasn't for it's my so assistant, annoying. I forget it all the time. I have to ask my wife and my assistant because I forget it all the time. And I hate when I change my password and then you can't change it back to a password you used within the last year or something similar and then I have to make up something completely new and different. Mm-hmm. Your, your wife got all your I passwords? I feel this pain. Mm-hmm. Your wife has all your passwords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drop one of Clues Bombs for this faithful man right here. What about okay. the one for the is, phone? Is that the only one you heard? Yes. No. <laughs> what about the one me. for the phone she doesn't know you have? I don't have a phone that she doesn't have. Wow. See, what Angela Yee just did. I'm Angela Yee just posted an emergency alert. You know what I mean? That's what she just did. She just she just, she, she just caused a missile to come inbound to you for no reason. That's right. Now you I'm kidding, Gia. Yeah, I promise. Wow. I'm kidding. And this is how I back wow. this down. I don't have wow. any other phone. Wow. It's so real in my house. My wife's eyes can open wow. up my phone. How about that? That's how real it is in my house. <laughs> Nigga, how rich are you? What kind of phone you got to where eyes can open up phones? It's an iPhone. Yeah, the it iPhone to your face. It opens your... That's how you unlock the phone with the iPhone X, but your face recognition. Yeah. Because your iPhone eyes have like. to be open. <laughs> He said, what kind of money you got? It's an iPhone, This is bro. actually current technology, it's upgrade. <laughs> No, I don't have an iPhone. iPhone X. My phone is not X yet. It's still little. Don't you got the upgrade? Y'all ain't black. Y'all don't understand that reference. Don't worry about it. It'll, 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 it'll hit you later. It'll hit you later. I'm black. Mm-hmm. It'll hit you. No, I'm black, though. You beige. See? I have no colorism conversation with go. y'all beige Negroes. There you go. All right, when we come back, shoot your shot. All right, if you want to holler at anybody, somebody, it doesn't matter, a co-worker, somebody you met, and you want a little help, you need some help. In a respectful manner, please. In a respectful manner, yes. The Breakfast Club will help you. We'll do it when we come back. Shoot your shot. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Time to shoot your shot. Time to shoot your shot with the Breakfast Club. This is one chance. Don't mess it up. Mess it up. Mess it up. Mess it up. We got Dan on the line. Dan, what's up, bro? Hey. Hey, Dan. We're doing shoot your shot now. Now, tell us your story. What's your situation, bro? Well, uh, recently, uh, I had a girlfriend. We found out she was pregnant. You know, it's kind of like that story everybody, you know, a lot of people are used to. Uh, I got cold feet, and, you know, I I took a walk. I, I left. You left your pregnant girlfriend? It. That was lame, bro. Yeah, I I, I realize that now. Why did but, you leave your pregnant girlfriend? I'm disgusted by you. That was whack. Just so not, you were planning to look, not take care of your kid, or you just didn't want to be with no, her? No, it, it was more or less I just need a little time to kind of 
clear my head a bit, but I, I talked to friends and family. You know, I got a good support system, and, you know, I, I knew I had to be in the child's life. I, you know, I was gone for three months, um, which is which is way too long for, for uh, you know. I ain't gonna lie, you sounding like a sucker right now, yeah, my that's brother. Good, that's pretty awful, because she could have been so stressed out. That could really have harmed the baby. I don't want you back in my life when you wasn't with me for the tough times, baby. You wait till I push I this baby out to try to come back around? It's it's I'm embarrassed enough. I honestly I am. So did you ever see the baby? But Have you ever seen the baby? For three well here here's the thing. For three months I didn't hear nothing. I I, I didn't get contacted. I didn't get no phone call. No uh, Facebook, you think no I wouldn't have called you punk ass either? Well, you left. Yeah, you did leave. You walked right out, bro. Which which you're right. I probably deserved it. But uh, I just found it. I found it weird that I didn't get contacted at all. Why so, would I contact you when you left me high and dry? You walked out. Can you imagine how that makes a woman feel, bro? Seriously, she's pregnant, and she's like, yo, I'm pregnant, and then you just ghost on her. She already that's got it. her hormones going crazy. Yeah, that's lame. After thinking about it, I, I, I know I was wrong. That's why I wanted to, to make up for whatever I missed out on. What do you, right. you think is going to happen this morning, sir? Like, what, let's, oh, Seriously, what do you want us to do? If, if you guys can help me out, I want to come back. I want to put everything behind us and got to be in this child's life. It has to happen. I do agree that uh, a child needs both his parents, but yes. as far as you and her being together, I can't co-sign that. I just can't that, do that it. That would be ideal, but how, whatever, however it goes, I need to be in the child's life. All okay. Right. Well, let's, let's, let's call her. What's her name? Her name is Shay. All right, we're going to call Shay when we come back. And and you better do a lot of begging. You better do a lot of apologizing. A lot. I don't know of, if sorry. I would trust you if I, I would, was her. I, I wouldn't take her back if I was you. I'm not. Take him back. Take him back. Yeah, I wouldn't take him back if I. You know what I mean. I wouldn't take you back, you bum. But right. I, I do. I do agree. You need to be in the child's life, though. Good luck. Good luck. We'll do it when we come back. Hold on. All right. Thank you. I will give her a call when we come back. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. And shoot your shot. DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of shoot your shot. We have Dan on the line, and Dan's about to call Shay. Hello. Hi, Shay. Hello. Yes. Shay, it's Dan. I I know it is. I I haven't heard from you, and you know I I just want you to know that I I cleared my head about a lot of stuff, talked to some friends and family, and I I need it, this. It has to. Ha I have to be in the child's life. I ha I can't I can't go any longer without you contacting me. Without okay. You okay. I, Hold up. First of all, you haven't spoken to me in three months. I called you so many times, and after you ignored me and treated me like I'm not I stopped talking to you. I yes. stopped calling. I stopped trying. But honestly, it's too late. Like, that, that ship has sailed a long time ago. <laughs> Look, what, between, uh, what, between me and you, that's fine. But, but I got to be in our child's life. Well, that's another conversation we would have had months ago if you weren't avoiding me. It's not your child. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Oh, Good morning, Shay. Hey, this Shay. is the Breakfast Club. Good Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy. I am proud of you, Shay. Okay, I told this sucker that he did not deserve to be back with you after he left you high and dry when he was pregnant. And I'm glad the baby's not his. Now, Shay, God is good Shay, all the time. Shay, you're not saying this just because you're angry, are you? No, no. Oh my God, I cannot believe I got the whole Breakfast Club in my life. I, um, tell me about the glory of God, baby. Uh, tell me how good God is. Go ahead, tell us. Why is it not his? Well, God is really good. God is God is amazing because turns out that um, the baby's daddy was somebody else, and he and I are in a relationship right now, and he's amazing. Ooh, so did now, you did you get a test and everything, though, to make sure? Yeah, we did. I am going to overlook well, your horish ways because this is what God wanted for you. I am proud of you, Shay. <laughs> Tell that sucker, hang up the phone. Don't yeah. ever call you. Lose your number. Y'all ain't got no reason to be together. Yeah, you are now, a Dan, sucker, Dan. Dan, I'd like to hear what Dan has to say about this now, Dan. Do you this, feel like this, this is, is karma? Exactly, this, this is exactly why. I got cold feet when I found out you're pregnant. Oh, I'm don't try to act hard now, now Dan. Let Dan no, talk. Hear that. Let no, Dan hear that. Don't Let try to Dan flip the talk. script now, Dan. We never asked Dan why he never, he just walked away, Dan. And maybe that was the reason. Was that the but reason? I Dan? got scared, but but also, this is exactly why 
I was I was nervous about having a child with her because I could never get a straight answer. Oh, Dan, your energy changed. Your energy changed. A little while ago, I wanted to be with the kid. I wanted to be back with her. Now, all of a sudden, this is why you didn't want to do such and such. Kiss my ass, Dan, and kiss Shay's ass, and kiss the little baby's ass, too, and kiss the real daddy's ass as well. Dan might have dodged the bullet. Maybe that was the reason why Dan walked out because she thought Shay was cheating on him. You don't know. Well, don't you know what? Yeah, yeah, right. He wouldn't have been stressed out for all these months if he would have just kept in contact and known what really happened. Exactly. Exactly. This is messy. Well, but it seems like everybody wins. Yeah, he everybody should be happy. It seems right. like it. Congratulations, Shay. Thank you so much. And and listen, that new man you with, the real baby daddy, his penis is huge, isn't it? What? Ah, you already know. know. Hey, don't leave he your man around out better than Dan ever could, why, isn't he? Why you want to know? All right. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Go cry, Dan. Dan gonna cry in the car. <laughs> he gonna cry in the car. He gonna cry in the car. Goodbye. Goodness gracious. That was Shoot Your Shot. Rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Now, Too Short is being sued, and that's for sexually assaulting a woman, Tiana Lewis, a... Allegedly. Now, according to Too Short, he spoke to TMZ and he said this whole thing is a money grab. Check out his side of the story. It can only be extortion. It's not anything else. If they want money. If, if, if for a while there, I thought it was something other, but now I know for a fact it's all about money. So my only choice is to countersue for a slander and get a restraining order and anything else to just get this out of my life, you know? This was a, an artist I wanted to assign. Uh, we were supposed to work together and we uh, started to, but then when it didn't, become a full-fledged thing where you can, you can work with us, my producers, my studio, and my label, then it was like, you rape me. Do, do you have to, he has to prove that he's being extorted, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he can somehow, some way, and I, and I love that. Yeah, if somebody false claim, well, we're not sure, but, you know, he's saying that he has evidence, so right, right now it's just... Uh, until we find out what happened, he is saying that it's not true, and I would hope that he has some evidence. Here's what else he had to say. The most we ever did was foreplay, and I don't know how you're going to take some foreplay in incident and turn it into a uh, crime or something. So, you know, consent is starting to be a very fine line, and I just feel like there's nothing that I would ever do that's not consensual. I'm pretty sure that these women are telling the God's honest truth, but there's a few out there who probably are trying to do the money grab. So I just feel like if those of you out there are lying, I mean, you're messing up the movement for everybody else. Yeah, I mean that is the conversation that men should be having with women. Like, I got this. What what uh, what is the blueprint for all these single guys out here that's still running the street? What is the blueprint to uh, avoid sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, rape charges? Right. So what is the blueprint? We'll see what what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what's too far, what's not too far. We'll see what ends up happening with this whole case. Now, mm -hmm. congratulations to Laverne Cox. She is the first trans woman ever on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. Now, she said, trans women deserve to be loved out in the open and in the light. Let go of fear and live a fun, fearless life. If I can do it, you can do it. As a black transgender woman, I've often been kept a secret by the men I've dated. So when my ex-boyfriend introduced me to his dad and invited me to spend Hanukkah with him and his family, it was, it was the most special thing ever. Don't drop one of Clues Bombs for Laverne Cox. When the hell is Orange is the New Black New Season coming back? I don't know, but she's on the cover of the Say Yes to Love issue. So that issue is going to explore the need for visibility with regards to various forms of gender identity and sexuality. So congratulations to her, okay. first ever trans woman on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. Now, another collab mixtape for the Migos, and this time it's Takeoff and Little Yachty. They have a project coming out together, and Little Yachty announced it on Instagram Live, and here is what he posted, I, I guess uh, somewhat of a preview of what's going to be on this mixtape. Y'all don't do what y'all say. Where is the money? Please point me that way. Excuse me till I OD. I'm a That's going to be coming out. I love the fact excited. that they just keep all the money in their family. And the Culture 2 album, the Migos album, is coming out January 26th, I, I saw Quavo say that Takeoff is the best member of I the Migos. I saw that, too. And I've been said that as far as, like, lyrics are concerned. I, I like Quavo and I like Offset, but Takeoff actually be spitting if you pay attention to what he's saying. All right, now, Peter Guns, as you know, he and Amina Butterfly are getting divorced. 
And he said in an, an exclusive interview with Bassip, he said, we got married on the shakiest grounds ever. When the wedding was over, she went home and I was living with someone. The way we got married, how do we expect for something like that to last? He said their divorce is uncontested and the two already have worked things out like child support and custody of their two young daughters. Once they both sign, all that's left to do is have a judge okay everything. So... Uh, apparently he said that Amina is dope. She's a dream person in your life. It's just not meant for us to be married. I admire the mother she is to my kids and the loyalty she has for me. He also is not planning to get back together with Tara, his longtime on and off partner. And he said he's basically dating, but not either one of them. All right. Well, I'm Angela Lee, and that's your rumor report. I'm trying to get these Oscar nominations because, you know, they were announcing them live. I believe Tiffany Haddish is there announcing as well. Mm-hmm. You got them? All right. Any of them? All right. Want to read so some? they've been refreshing these for Best Picture. Uh, the nominations Get Out was nominated. Okay. Call Me By Your Name, Phantom Thread, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Lady Bird, The Post, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, they say Mary J. Blige got an Oscar nomination. Drop one of the clues bombs for Mary J. Blige. That's dope. What's she nominated for? That's, I don't know. Nat- Natina from Def Jam just texted me that. Right okay. now. Let me see. I'm trying to find... Oh, Mary J. Blige, actress in a supporting role. She got nominated. Octavia Dope. Spencer got nominated for The Shape of Water. Did let's Tiffany Haddish get nominated? Uh, let's see. This is all just happening. I don't see Tiffany Haddish on here, but I could. I, I don't know. But we'll tell you after the mix. After the mix, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we, we can fill you, you guys right in now. some more. This is breaking news to see, but congratulations to Mary J. Blige. Shout out to Mary. Octavia Spencer for getting nominated as well. Uh, Jordan Peele got nominated for Best Director for Get Out. Okay. Which is huge. Um, Denzel got nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll I will for you we'll the rest of them we'll after the coming. mix. All right. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let me know what you want to hear. We'll get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.